1: Hey, hello, how are you? And welcome to episode 162. Well, today I'm taking you over to Amsterdam, where today's guest, the London Police, first made a name for himself 20 years ago, where their iconic symbol, the lad, and the world it lives in, was first created, which now adorns walls all over the world. I'd followed the London Police for some time on social media, And I mentioned to another street artist that I was just organising a date to record an episode. And that artist strongly recommended that I record over Zoom. As recording in person could well get messy. The reasons for which will be unravelled in this episode. And just before we go into this week's episode, I'd just like to thank our Patreon supporters, without whom we would not be able to listen to this podcast. And if you're a new listener, we are a self-funded podcast. We don't have adverts. So if you like what you hear, and you think you'd also like to support, then go over to the Ministry of Art's Instagram profile. You'll find a Linktree drop-down box which will direct you to our Patreon page. And you can help support the podcast for as little as £3 a month, which is pretty much the price of a cup of coffee. It sounds a pretty good deal, even if I do say so myself. And if you are a new listener to the podcast, go and have a look at our back catalogue. It's pretty bloody amazing. And if it's street art you like, we've got Ben Eyne, Dal Grimshaw, Jacqueline de Montaigne, My Dog Size, we've got Joe Pill, Ben Oakley. There's something there for absolutely everyone. But getting back to this week, please come and join me over Zoom as I spoke to Bob and Chaz from the London Police. But anyway, back onto, onto <laughs> you guys if that's, if that's all right. Yeah, um, absolutely. I've got several questions that I ask each artist. The first being, how would you explain what you do to someone that doesn't know your work? Want to take that one, Bob? Uh,
2: yeah. Let me start. We pretty much make everything with uh, office marker pens. That really? being a, a staple of. That's the one I use the most. Yeah. Although this is this is audio, so Bob uh, is holding up. <laughs> editing ink pens, which are normally sold as office marker pens. Yeah and a fatter marker pen, which is about 12 millimetres. But I think what we're quite good at, um, both of us, is using very limited tools to make quite, um, quite ambitious artwork. So yeah. um, if we make a black, especially if we're making a black and white illustration from a layman looking at our work, you'd see like a, um, a very uh, like happy world, like a very happy character that Chaz has created. Uh, in a sort of landscape that I create. So it's like using using pens, creating this fantasy world. I sound quite confused. Yeah, go on, yeah, elaborate. Well, yeah, I, I would I would say we both have two distinctive styles. I paint the characters which are commonly known, you know, to, to London police, uh, anyone who knows about the London police, the smiley, what we call the smiley characters, I call them lads, and Bob having started drawing them with me uh, when we first started London Police back in the late 90s, left the London Police purely on the basis that, I guess Bob is a very uh, creative uh, artist himself, that he didn't want to be just painting what I was doing. I went away into music, came back and started doing architecture drawings. He was making paintings of architecture and stuff. Um, And I said at some point, listen, let's collaborate again, like we did in the first place, and you build worlds around my characters. So in the first place, um, that was how we got back together again in 2009, having started in 1998, worked together on the streets till about 2002, Bob left 2002, 2003, got back together again in 2009, and really started what the London Police is known for now, which is our paintings of my characters, his architecture, Bob has his own characters too. I do a lot of the backgrounds with the color. So over the last ten years, we have found a system that we both enjoy making, uh, using both of our skills and talents in art to make a world, you know, a fantasy world. Yeah, and that was how, exactly how it started. But as the years go by, we've got more strings to our bow from that. Like we've started, we started really with just black and white in 2009. And what, for about two, three years, we only did black and white canvases mm. before we started introducing colour and these sort of more sort of, I don't know to say graffiti-based backgrounds, but I, I grew up with a little bit more of a graffiti mentality or a, a love for graffiti and colours and tags and stuff like that. Whereas Bob was a little bit more of a technical ability, illustrative side of things. So I started creating these sort of wallpaper backgrounds with fades with the acrylics spray on top writing little sentences and drawing TLP logos then we draw the characters on top and then Bob would again put the architecture around and that became a sort of another style we did then Bob started creating his own characters as well started doing illustrations of iconic people like Bowie or James yeah. or Amy Winehouse and then I would sort of work my characters around him so we had the ability after a, a few years of both being able to draw the subject of the painting and the objects of the the painting. And sometimes he did the background, sometimes I did the background. And and it gives us lots of strings to the bow, whereas we can do some very basic, simple canvases with one or two colors and not too much detail, Mm. or the full color canvas with all the, you know, the the, the fades and the logos and the spray and lots of characters. So we we feel like we've got a huge um, inventory of styles that we can use. Mm. To, to create canvases but that's purely that's purely like small chain incremental changes over a long period of time it's like an evolution of a you know a building will turn into a robot and that robot will turn, turn into a character and that character yeah. will you know it's like yeah slow little evolutions yeah and my characters would be on the land that Bob Tube suddenly would realised we could put some of these characters in water and then suddenly there was an underwater world where we had all these new sort of little squillads and things underneath. And then suddenly Bob's robots had a a tank in the middle of his chest that that now my character could go inside his character or my character could be being built by his little characters and just constantly playing off each other's style. Yeah, and like evolution, like some ideas work and some ideas die and they don't, you know, so it's, it's always been an interesting thing um and I, what I like about it too is that sometimes right right now behind us you can see this piece. I know the people yeah. at home can't I know people listening can't see it but you've got like a, an absolutely huge lab the size of a death star and then when you zoom in it, it's being sort of roadways and yeah and, and transport yeah. Yeah. Work so you can you can really like mess like you said earlier, you can really mess around experiment with, Sizes, sizes, scale, perspective. perspective. Sometimes they go right back into space. Other times they want flat background colors and stuff. And now you've
1: introduced color. Do you still use a monochrome?
2: We, we were just showing in a temper um, a couple of nights ago. Um, and that was, we, we stuck to black and white with that because that was a particular show where they asked every artist to introduce a new upcoming artist yeah. and make some kind of balance or sort of counterpoint between the two. So because we chose Chinny Bond, who's a, who's a friend of ours, who's a, who's a great artist, he uses black and white. So we use black and white yeah. on that level, and it worked. But again, it's, we, can, we can just pull that out of the, you know, the inventory of all the different types of stuff we can do. And it, and it works. So black and whites are, are, are great, aren't they? Yeah. They're, they're, they're really I was going to
1: say that when I see them in colour and in black and white, they still work just as well. What, the colours are just different rather than better or, you know, it, they obviously add to the image itself. But, um, yeah, it doesn't detract any if you haven't got the colour in it, I find, anyway. Yeah, it's
2: weird. All the, Sometimes in, in life, especially as an artist, you'll know yourself and, and anyone listening who's into art, it, well, there's just happy accidents that happen yeah. sometimes yeah. or moments that, that send you in a certain direction. Now, in the early years, we used to um, go to a T-shirt company called Fancy. It was one of my mates I played football with. And he said, oh, come on, you know, let's let's um, make some T-shirts. And I went in that first day, and they were making T-shirts for this band called the Urban Dance Squad. It was like a, a Dutch band, you know, sort of mixing rock and sort of hip hop and different different mediums and that. But they had this T-shirt, which was like a, a soldier with a little gun on a skateboard, and it said Urban Dance Squad above it, and it was all in black and white. But all the T-shirts were in different colours. So it had a grey background, a light blue, a red, and it looked so good. And I'll never forget the. Um, the, the guy at the, at the place, our friend Bart, saying, "Oh, yeah, you know black and white works on every color, and that was probably the moment where it was yeah, like, yeah, yeah my characters are going to be black and white, and on the T- shirts from the beginning, black and white works on every color, so there have been occasions where I've changed the color of uh, of the characters, and it gets a little bit of condemnation on the you know it's all the same, always the same, but it's fixed, black and white works on every every yeah. color and uh, yeah since that day i mean it, it, it's always worked like that when i first started drawing these characters and bob too on the streets of amsterdam we would do it on white paper so all the electricity boxes in town and all the uh, where they would advertise concerts and theater shows and all that shit there was all, always a white paper next to it or beside it so we used it like a canvas so we'd sit down and we'd draw and so Originally, on the street, it started off black and white. Such was the nature of how yeah, of those spots were there in, in, in the, yeah. for us to draw on. Had those bits of paper on the side of electricity boxes been red or blue or something like that, we might have had to start
1: yeah. colouring.
2: Yeah. We didn't even think about it back then. But again, as Bob said, incremental changes over time what is what led it to be what it is today.
1: Yeah, and that, that time gives you the ability to to look at it, analyse it, give give each little change a bit of time and space. And if it don't work, it can be dropped in the next one. And because it's only like little changes, a lot of the time it won't be missed by the viewer, you know?
2: Yeah, that's exactly Isn't it. Yeah. That's exactly it,
1: yeah. And the, the amazing thing about these is that the, the lad in the middle is a big, bold figure. And what's going on behind him, it's testament to yourselves that it is so obvious how much work has gone into it but from a distance that that work doesn't get seen until you get close and then then it pops and the realization of the detail comes together doesn't it you know?
2: Yeah there's there's
1: definitely something
2: first and foremost in simplicity um, <clears throat> especially with what I do particularly Bob I think is has a lot more technical and detail. You know, a bit but it's, it's a
1: marriage of the, of the pair because it, until you get a little bit closer and realize how much bloody detail and work has gone into the whole canvas you know it wouldn't work without each other would it you know
2: that's right yeah that contrast is important we, we tend to build it into our murals as well if you see it from down the street uh, you know a long way away you want to be enticed in you see the big characters and then You get a bit closer, you start to see there's more going on. And then there's got to be another layer as well. So you get really close, there's another layer of detail. But I think for us, that's been quite a good formula. So it it, it engages with you, it's easy to access, it's bold, it's easy to understand. Then you get a bit closer, you can start reading the story in it. Um, We've always considered it. Um, when Chaz and I talk about each piece, each piece should be a still from an animation. So it's like you, you, it should be like a story in progress, and you put a few clues in there to give people a sort of try and decipher that story. What's going on? Yeah, what's happening? Where are they going? What's moving? What's actually happening in 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 the piece? Like the one we showed you behind us is what we call the dissected lad, where Bob has effectively made its head look like a bit of a. Death Star in yeah, one of yeah. the Star Wars shows that still being. I think it was Return of the Jedi, like where mm. it, the Death Star wasn't complete. So it's still being created, so straight away you realise it's being created. Yeah, and nice. the around carrying things in, and although it's just very simple stuff, it still points towards that there's a world there and there's a story
1: going on. And I think well, anyone. I, I wouldn't even I, say it was simple stuff because it takes a lot of fucking hard work to make something look simple, doesn't it? You know, that's that's what I was getting to. I had, I did only read that you don't use stencil. That it's, it's all by hand. It's it's
2: all by hand, and we don't use stencils. But over the years, there's certainly now in this in in this day, I've got templates of circles. Oh, I've got of tem- course, I've got templates of shoes. I've got templates of the bodies, so that w- you can build the the uh, characters. And a lot of the time, we've got um, uh, symmetry in the piece, so you literally can't. You, you can't try and draw the same circle on the left and the right and get it right. You no. find the center point, you measure, you make sure the circles are the same size, you make sure the body's in the same place. Whereas the, the, it's not such a myth because it, it was true for many years, but back in the day, we didn't use anything. When I was drawing them on the street, I, I did the circles by hand. And that was by simply sort of drawing a first initial circle, looking at where the bumps were. So imagine it like a clock face. You'd look at it and you say, "Oh, between like one one o'clock and three o'clock, it's sort of bows out." Yeah, edgy. Yeah. So you'd 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 work on it for a few minutes until you got what you felt was a a good circle, and then using the thickness of the fatter pen, keeping the left hand side of the of the nib on the on the circle you created, yeah. you'd go around it, and it would create what would look quite kind of like a perfect circle. Of yeah. course, it never was. It was always there was always discrepancies, of course. but it looked that way. But in back in those days you're only drawing one or two of them on the street. Whereas now when you're working with canvases that things need to be in the right places and you're measuring stuff and you need stents or you need templates and you need to work it like a design more than anything. But I mean, I could still draw a pretty good, um, perfect circle, but not just like that. Like in one second, like you see these people on YouTube and that it would take me a minute. Yeah, I think you draw one, but then draw me the same one next to it with <laughs> yeah. exactly the same size, and that's what that's when it gets more difficult. Yeah, that's when it gets more difficult. So, but um, yeah, that was something that we were known for back in the early days, during the streets and that. But uh, yeah, the, these but, days, but still, every, everything we do is by hand, and it's all very, you know, it's all very traditional tools. It's just. Um, Pens and pencils and rulers, and it's just yeah, because like when I get the it takes a long time on the canvas when I put a circle in, I'll still just get the initial circle in on with the template and then go by hand with the fat pen and, and go around that without the template being there. So, what you get then is you still got that element for uh, mistakes, which is actually what you want at the end of the day. Yeah. We try and we try and have a benchmark of perfection being the we're trying to make this look like a print, like a robot did it, etc. Yet, it's actually the the, the, the the human fallibilities and the little mistakes that, that make you connect. that's, that that's the is personality that. of it, isn't yeah. it? We've yeah. had people come in before and go, well, it's not that impressive, it's just printed. And you say, no, 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 we did it all by hand. And then... Yeah. They're,
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, and it yeah. just shows
2: you the I've, difference between the, the, the perception that it's done on a computer yeah. and it's actually drawn by hand. Yeah. I can see why some people might think, yeah, this, this, this character is just basic, simple, anyone could do it on a computer. Well, sure they could, but can you, can you invent it and, and then learn to do it by hand like all yeah. those years first?
1: I make large drawings of... Um, at the moment, I'm doing padlocks, and they're with fine liners. And rather than do crosshatching, you know, the um, the tally mark, which is like, you know, sort of like that, the four strokes down and one up, like a prisoner would put on the wall. Yes, the yes, day. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Right,
1: so they're made of thousands, tens of thousands of these tiny little, like each tally mark is probably about a millimetre wide, you know, but it's just fucking hundreds of thousands of these little marks. Yeah. From a distance, it just looks like a, a textured, highly detailed padlock. And mm. like yours, it's not until you take that step closer that you go, "Fucking hell, this is really detailed." And again, people think that mine was computer generated until you get mm. up close to it, and those little marks you're talking about, you can see the the imperfections in these little tally yeah. marks. And mm. and as soon as you realise, you go, "Fucking hell, these are handmade. This is yeah. taken yeah, that's right." Like, it, skill. It, it's and, almost and the imperfections that,
2: that it's almost the imperfections that make you realise, "Oh, this is done." I have. And you'd hope as well with the, the, the style of work that you make and the style of work that we make, even if you don't like the content of what we do, you yeah. could appreciate the craftsmanship. The craftsmanship. And that's yeah. what me and Bob always say because we realize that our our, uh, our particular style has a, it's been described before as almost like a marmite style, like you either love it or you don't like but it. Then, well. yeah. But you'd hope that anyone who is be- critically looking at it, would still turn around and say, well, listen, this isn't my thing. Maybe it's a bit too much cartoony or this or that. But, these boy, these boys can do what they do well. And we take a lot of pride in the craftsmanship, and that goes from paintings and that goes over to the murals, and that goes, goes over to actually who we are as people, too. We take a lot of pride in trying to be good people. And we've spoke a lot about the artwork up until now, but actually it's me and Bob's friendship and the people that we are and have grown i mean we've been friends for like we've been doing london police 21 22 years we were friends for three or four years before that actually the the the, the key factor in our artwork being successful is me and him's friendship and yeah. we've managed to stand each other this long and, deal with each other <laughs> and yeah. the, the changes that we've been you, you know inside like of anyone you, you can rub each other up the wrong way one time this guy wants to do that the other guy wants to do that we've and, and don't get us wrong, we've been through some really tough times where we wanted to leave, they stopped working together or weren't speaking oh, to each other. That wasn't my fault. It was kind of your fault. <laughs> <laughs> you know.
1: Did you ever art growing up either of you in the home? I
2: mean, as much as any kids at school than that, I guess it was a part of school, wasn't it? And you were encouraged to draw. I guess I was very, I had natural artistic talent from an early age or at least in desire to to want to draw. I was, Funny story really of uh, early graffiti that I, <laughs> I was caught when I was about two and a half, three years old. I'd, I'd learned to write my name, my full name, like uh, first name and surname. And that's all I did apparently. I just wrote my name with crayons and couldn't write anything else. Couldn't really read or write anyway, but wrote my name. And I wrote it down the stairs on the wallpaper. <laughs> and I'll never forget, just a little image of being younger. And my mum and dad saying, who did this? And I said, it wasn't me. <laughs> so I, was, I was old enough to be able to have written my name down the stairwell in full, but not old enough to understand that that was absolutely damningly <laughs> yeah. and that I was going to get slapped, you know, smack bum and off to, off to the bedroom for whatever. But that, that, that shows you that I had an early desire to to, to tag, yeah. really. Yeah. So when I got to, uh, when Spray Can Art came out, you threw and, your
1: Crayola crayons away and
2: picked up the spray can. Yeah. Crayons went away, started spraying down mum and dad's staircase. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Someone else, I you know, put my brother's name at that yeah. point. No, well, but me. <laughs> I worked it out like that. <laughs> No, but I, it was the, the onset of uh, the hip-hop um, period in coming into you know UK in the 80s, yeah. bringing with it um, uh, break dancing and graffiti and all those things. It super got me excited. I used to go down to the, the parks in Chelmsford and sort of like just hang out near those subways and that where you see uh, tags and that. And the multi-story car park, which is the famous car park in Chelmsford at the, in, the, in the heart, yeah. that used to have loads of graffiti in, in the in the stairwells. And although it wasn't probably the, the smartest place for a young 12, 30, year old to be hanging around, I would go there and find it fascinating. And then Spray Can Art came out and it got me into graffiti. There was a, a crew called the ERZ, the Essex Rockers, great, great guys from uh, Chelmsford and uh, he's now called Noir at the time he was called uh, Dare and they were a few years older than me and they were the kids in Chelmsford doing graffiti and stuff and they'd go down the Gasworks which was like a hall of fame and yeah. it still, still still might be, I think it still might be there but um, that's what fascinated me. However, I wasn't able really to find or even have the, uh, the understanding, I had to find my own style I would just copy people like Mo too. And anyone I could see in Spray Can Art. Mostly characters. But then I faded away because I couldn't do my own thing. And I got into music. Did that for sort of five, six, seven years. Got into photography. Met Bob. Bob was into photography. And we started going out taking photos together, like in our early 20s. And that's where we formed the London Police because we didn't know what we kind of wanted to do, but we knew we wanted to do something creative. And at the time it was taking photos and and we did photo exhibitions it was only at the first photo exhibition the first london police show was in camden town in 1998 and it was at a place called bar vinyl Mm -hmm. was it just over near the market there and they were one of those places that would let artists come and hang their work and you know people could buy them off the wall and we did only photography but at the time we had this little character which eventually became the lad that was like a spin a doodle like stick form and we were were, were putting out all the invites to people within six months through friends mentioning it and realizing ourselves that became the mascot of what we did and we put the cameras down and we started drawing this character everywhere around bringing him to life yeah yeah as we moved to Amsterdam in 98 and then suddenly from wanting to start a crew and being photographers suddenly all that sort of graffiti um, inspiration came back to me and I started drawing these characters on the streets Bob finished his sculpture uh, degree at university, he moved to Amsterdam in the in the spring of 99 where I'd already set us up a bit of a base we were, had jobs at the uh, local music um, venue where we lifted amps and we set up the dressing yeah, room yeah. and we started drawing on the streets and that's how it all kind of came together in, in the beginning I don't know how I suddenly got onto the early history of uh, London Police there but yeah that's all right no we were talking i think the question was like you know did you have art growing up um, yeah I, didn't I, I was i was lucky because my um i had very good teachers at school that kind of caught on to the fact that i enjoy drawing that was, yeah. that was fantastic and then my parents were really into it as well so that was um that was easy for me i think for some kids growing it's quite hard to say oh, i'm going to art school you know when you're 16 17 but that was really encouraged and that was that was fantastic for me oh, nice. i really went straight into sculpting like fine painting really really like really sort of like stuff with a lot of technique and it was uh, that, that that i come from a family of engineers so that you know i really love learning processes mold making or welding all that business and that was fantastic so when I, by the time i got to amsterdam having finished art school like Chaz said, like the lad kind of almost taken over the whole, what the London police was. Do you know what I mean? The success of the lad um, being drawn and, you know, the t-shirts we were doing at the time, that became the kind of the backbone and the the, the main thing of London police. So, yeah, it's interesting how it, it took time to sort of find a bit of a balance between me and Chaz. but. You know eventually now when you look at the two, now you've heard the story, you can see where Chaz has come from with his drawing on the stairs and his art his whole in whole fascination with graffiti growing up. And you probably can see from me that I had a, a fascination in yeah. making making things, architecture and all that.
1: It's stuff. as if you've gone down the straight line and Chaz prefers the curve, you know, because yours is very technical and Horizontal and vertical, more or less. You know, with yeah, the you could line. yeah, you could certainly yeah. see it. And like the lad that. himself is very, like myself, quite more sculptural. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, there's a funny story from the, the early days because when we first uh, started drawing on the street, I was Bob was going back and forth from Amsterdam to Norwich, where he was he was studying. I was saying, "Bob, Bob, I've started drawing the lads on the street. You know, like, uh, and it's really great. Everyone's like talking about them, and no one knew it was sort of." Uh, me doing it because you, you you keep you're keeping it sort of shy but in those in those days it low profile isn't this great it's mysterious <clears throat> and then when once bob would come out <clears throat> like you said i've already sort of opened up this platform for us to go out there every night and draw these characters and everyone's going, who's drawing these characters Everyone and we're thinking man we're never going to tell anyone and like there's people at work talking about it in the staff room and we're like, that's us and they don't know sort of thing and we had this idea that you know, i think only I mean, Banksy Shepard Fairey and Invader defaced toasters? There was a few people yeah, around yeah. coming, you know, doing stuff like that, and we thought to ourselves, "Mate, we'll never tell anyone who it is." You know, <laughs> the, whole, the, whole, the whole thing that's made Banksy like a, a mock oh, movie, of you know, like we we'll never tell anyone. Who it is. We have that air of mystery, and no one ever know. And there were rumors that it was twins going out at night and brilliant. What do you do? And then the first magazine proposal we got from some, like, our magazine, hey, do you want to be in the magazine? And we're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <It's just like, laughs> Their yeah, the morals yeah, come right off. Guys. <laughs> exactly. We gave up our mystery, like, so quick, just for a bit of fame, because we were so young and it was, you know, when I'd moved to Amsterdam, I, I didn't have much money. I was, like, living in squats and... We had, you know, ambition for me and Bob. We had, we'd achieved nothing. He'd finished his uh, sculpture degree and that, but, you know, we'd started from scratch so the idea that we were going to be in a magazine or on a TV, like the local TV channel, we, we we gobbled up anything we could. And did it detract from the myth, as it were? It did, of course it did, but it took it down a different direction once, you know, people knew who it was. Now, yeah. we, we still we, we still had a degree of success. It was, it, it, a lot of people still didn't know who it was, of course, but we we didn't keep that whole sort of mystery
1: vibe going. That, what do you think you lost by giving up your anonymity? Like, all these years later, could it have been where it is today? That would be hard to speculate.
2: It might have been somewhere. It's certainly twists and turns yeah. down the road. I mean, I, I give the example of Banksy just because I think he, he thrives... Or the of whole image of yeah. yeah. about it. I mean, people who don't know anything about it will go. Oh, what about that Pansky guy? And even he, yeah. he sneaks out online nine That that's the beauty of something like that. You don't know who it is, of course. But I imagine that must be pretty frustrating as well. At some point, you know, I, I know all the stories about, you know, him having to withdraw a little bit from friendship circles and society yeah. to protect to protect that too, which I, I can understand. But no, I wouldn't have any different. It was. Uh, it was a, a wonderful time when we were running around the streets and that, but we're, we're as, uh, you know, we, we, we like to celebrate what we're doing and we, we, we don't mind doing interviews. I mean, we're, like, we're happy to come in here and chat with you today. You yeah. know? It's, it's fun to do. Well, I mean, as far as
1: Banksy's concerned, I'm quite sure, like a lot of us, you know, m- many people are going to know who Banksy is, but by revealing that, it burst the bubble. Absolutely. And- everyone wants that bubble to grow, don't they? You know, they want to be part of the myth and and part of the gang, you know. And uh, especially as far as um, the media is concerned, it would be the end of the road if they revealed... Yeah, I guess, yeah,
2: exactly, yeah. I'm sure it's not too difficult to find It would certainly take a a, a turn of something different, wouldn't it, if that finally happened and it was revealed or whatever, even though... A lot of people know who he's anyway, so yeah. No, I think I think I think it perhaps reflects on who we are as people. But we like being out. You know, when we do a mural, we like having people. We've had music on. Everyone's welcome to come and drink a beer. We, we like, to, you know, play music. We want to be. We want to be social. Yeah. We want to connect with people. It doesn't, you know. And um... there's two ways of looking at it. You can say you say, oh, you you you, you think you're special. You think you're rock stars, and you're, and you're hamming out. Yeah, but if we stay quiet and didn't get involved, then maybe that's still thinking of you're rock. No, there's a different way of looking at it. We yeah, try and be open. Just, we yeah. like sharing what we're doing, and if anyone wants to come and hang out, you know, at the wall, and we set up tables and we get beers down, and then we, and you end up meeting people, and yeah, you realise how nice it is for people to meet us when they really love what we do, and they and they see us as something special. Because I know how nice it is for me when I've met people that I really it, it, yeah. um yeah, to in my life, whether they be a football player or another artist yeah. or. A, pop singer you know I, I remember meeting certain people like i was in the music industry for quite a while and at the time i was so into Bjork, you know like the icelandic yeah, singer yeah. i remember almost meeting a, a festival backstage i was working for another band but i couldn't i was so i was like a jelly i was like what will i say to <laughs> and i remember at the time like uh, you know sometimes you recognize that people see you in that sort of light and and also they see you in another sort of like Sometimes yeah. they dislike you very much because of what you do. And you're thinking, mate, I'm not my artwork. Yeah, you know, you can still have a pint and a chan. Just because you absolutely hate what I stand for in the art world or whatever, it doesn't mean that we're going to be a bad person That So I think sometimes you get too much love and too much hate for, for, for who you are. And I, I imagine that, 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 that goes for everyone. But I can't imagine what it's like to be someone who was properly, you know, famous or successful in the... In the, in the, you know, the movie world or TV or something. I must get all sorts of passes. Yeah. Well, know, where are we going? We know we know our place, you
1: know. A few months before lockdown, I collaborated with Ronnie Wood from the Rolling Stones.
0: Yeah. And, oh, yeah?
1: and I've met several celebrities from, you know, every, every rung of the ladder, more or less, you know, and I've never really been to um, Starstruck, you know. I've come away thinking, oh, I've just met so-and-so, met so-and-so like you do. But Ronnie Wood was that a different rung of the ladder, you know, the one yeah. that I'd never really looked at. And when I went round to his house to drop the artwork off, and he opened the door to me, you know, yeah. I, my putter did go a little bit. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, and- it's
2: funny, because you wouldn't suspect you would because you've you've already drilled yourself. Come on, we're all the same; it doesn't matter, and and and, and that kind of thing. But you you can't help it sometimes. No. It's just like you, we had we had a funny <laughs> thing where we did a show in LA, and uh, Ashton Kutcher and Demi Moore. Nice. we friends with an artist friend of mine, and they turned up to our uh, show and bought a piece and invited us all around to, to dinner. And all that was like, oh, wow, you know, you've, you've seen Demi Moore your whole life in films, and Ashton Kutcher obviously was this celebrity at the time. And so we go around the house to dinner, and nobody's thinking, that's bizarre. And then we get there, and uh, Bruce Willis is around there as well, because <laughs> he used to, obviously, like, he, he has the yeah. kids with Demi. And there was a whole family affair, but... They were coming up to, you know, Demi Moore's coming up, to me going, it's so great you guys come here, it's so good. And you're thinking, fucking hell, it's like great you have us around here. Yeah. Man. But, you know, it, 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 it's just funny sometimes like that. But, yeah, the older you get, like yourself, so you realise everyone's special. And it was like you get those sort of fun times where you meet celebrities or people like that. It's just as fun to meet someone who's like the opposite end of the scale, whether that's yeah. like someone, like a young artist wanting to, to improve and, and me, or someone from the street. I, I try and I hope that we treat all people the
1: same. Well, that's like on, on here, Ches, I, I I try to speak to artists from every level of that ladder. I've had Turner Prize winners and I've had people using art to get off the streets.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Every, everyone's got stories, everyone's interesting. And that's why when you get, if you, if you get caught up in that sort of celebrity world or only wanted to hang out in the high posh places, you're going to miss a lot of, Interesting people, interesting stories. We always call it. I talk about my mate D Face, and he's uh, he works with a guy called uh, Steve, Uncle Steve. We call him, and we always call it the Diamonds and Dirt. Uh, they're the most interesting places, the, the top places, the posh places, yeah. and and the bottom places, the dive bars and the like. The, the real, you know, the bottom. Everything in the middle can be a, can can be a little bit uh, mediocre, which is also you're going to find good stories, good people there. It's the diamonds and the dirt, like the top. You want to see the full range of how the world works, you know, and uh, that's half of you know. If we want to talk about another important part of London police, the travelling was always so important. It was as important as the staying home in the in the studio and working, you know, the balance of the two. I mean, we've had so many great trips, haven't we? Where uh, I mean, we could have been in here painting and focusing on making money, but. Yeah, sometimes you fly to America and you paint a mural for a couple of weeks, you don't make any money, perhaps you don't lose any because you get expenses and that, but you have a blinding time yeah. and you have great people and that, and, that, and that leads to something else.
1: And how do you find working from canvas size taking it up to literally the size of an ice I
2: think I think we do it. we do it by sort of knowing how big the wall is, how much time you've got in that country and then you have to sort of based on your experience, make a kind of educated guess from what level of detail can we attain? Um, And Sometimes we've had it where, yeah, we've had the luxury of time and a bit of money behind us where you can really sort of like camp in for two weeks or three weeks and just really attain the same level of detail you could on a canvas. But a lot of the time you're really restricted by how much time you have on that lift, you know, on that cherry picker. Yeah, and of course you... um, it's, it's, it's a similar, let's say you've got a wall that's 10 meters high, five meters wide. Well, that's, just, that's the same as a bit of paper, 10 centimeters high, five centimeters wide. You work out your sketch and then it's about sticking that on the wall. But what we've found over the years is that the smartest thing to do is have a rough idea. And then as Bob says, once you've got the main elements of the, uh, the mural in, how many days have we got left? We've got three days left. Okay, what can we do? Okay, let's have some rubble in the back, just some colored circles up here we've got two days left what can we do well I don't know if we're going to get into this finished if we you know and you you just weigh up the time so you have to be flexible going going into them whereas with the canvases they there tends to be a a point where you realize that's finished now we don't really want to add anything more to that but I don't think with the canvases you're ever like oh we better finish here because we ain't got time <laughs> yeah unless you have got show we had a few <laughs> times of shows in the past isn't where it's like blimey we're going to make a lot of work and but you never you never hold back on the canvases yeah as the murals you like bob says you have to you have to take into account the time yeah Yeah. the murals the murals always if the out the outdoor murals is always like two scenarios if there's no rain it could look like this but let's let's factor in that for the next four days we may have like rain washing paint off the wall then you know as long as you've got a few main characters in there and a few details that you're happy with anything else is a bonus but yeah, we've had yeah. we've had we've had murals where we literally we've been painting the whole morning four or five hours A storm comes over and you washes <laughs> everything off the wall without a trace without even a trace oh, of seeing man. what you've done torrential rain in miami i mean we've had, that, we've had that so often yeah there was one in berlin we were doing a 14 story building in berlin and uh it hadn't rained the whole time and we'd the first day rain came it was on one of the later days and i was remember just being on the phone bob going mate it is dripping from what, what <laughs> it was, it was somewhere it was where we put black paint on the actual wall where it where it hadn't had a background so rather than painting the whole thing blue and then putting our stuff on top we were like well i'm not going to paint the fucking face blue because it's going to be white so yeah we, of course so so where we painted black on just the um what was that, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. no, no, it's where we'd, we'd sketched out with yeah. um, with posca pens. So where that had gone, just on the wall without anything underneath it, that started dripping because it was a robot Bob and John at the top. It just dripped down the whole piece. And I'm looking fourteen at, stories, and I'm just the <laughs> other okay. of the Bob and is just ruining the whole piece, and I'm standing <laughs> here. And Bob's going, well, "What, what are we gonna do?" I said, "I don't know, mate. What we so what we end up having to do is having to repair the whole piece. But you learn your lesson." And from that day on, on the on the wall, we realised you can't put black on the thing. <laughs> yeah, of course. And that's another part. What whatever mural you ever do, and most muralists will tell you this as well. There's all. You, there's no shortage of different weird things that can stop it happening. The lift can break. The the, it, the weather can kick in. The surface that you're on doesn't take the paint. Like, mm. Everything you imagine, something can and you and you can never you can never tell how,
1: how it's going to go but that's the problem with having such a tight drawing isn't it because even though it's a I, i'm i'm well aware you know how big it is and it is you know the materials you're using but you're still trying to make it look like a drawing or even yeah. a screen print that Correct. is on the wall and, yeah. and you've almost painted yourself into a corner with them tight lines because they can't take any drips or runs can they that's so right yeah. the spray paint you're using with a softer line you can have you've you've got a bit of lee leeway from mistakes and errors haven't you you know that's right the biggest problem we've we've found in the
2: past years which we've we've we um we've taken care of that now that like we know is that at a certain point we were using the pens for fine detail so when bob would do sort of like a portrait or something he'd actually use pen and on some walls that wasn't dripping or fading and in other walls after a few years you notice it was and we realised that our safest way through is to use, you know, latex paint, bucket paint on everything, because that yeah. just the longevity and it always looks so good. The only time it works with pens is when it gets a really good varnish on it afterwards to to protect it. Yeah, of course. And certain walls sort of face the set like the sun. Certain walls don't. And now these days, I think we would be much, you know, we're less likely to use pens now, aren't we? Because mm. we know that in the long run, it ain't going to look good in three or four years. No. It's quite embarrassing when you see one of your, like we did one at Rom skate park, which uh, for the, you know, to c- cut a long story short, we were trying to help inject a bit of colour and interest into the skate park, which was otherwise going under. So we turned up there and made a sort of a nice mural and it never got uh, varnished like we wanted it to. And that, th- through weathering over the years, it just, it looks it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's embarrassing. So picture picture it now got some kid on his BMX going, hey, the London police be and think, God, we look shit. My God, that's terrible. We got to go back and fix it. But you learn the lesson. You'll make sure there's proper varnish on that this time. Mm-hmm. And there we go. So you're always learning. You're always learning. But um, so some of our, our latest murals we're really proud of and happy with because they're, they're, they're full colour paint and uh, they're going to last a long time and they'll look, look good.
1: What pieces that you've created have got like a strongest emotional connection? Due
2: to the fact that um, when we first started going to Covington, Kentucky, it's just over the river from Cincinnati. So there's Ohio, there's Kentucky, and there's a river in Cincinnati that divides yeah. the two. So we got taken to this place called Covington by a guy called uh, Mike Amon. And uh, I met him in Miami, one Art Basil, and he was like, hey, how'd you like to come and uh, do a little show in my town and a mural and stuff. And over the course of several years, we, we did shows there, we did some murals. And then he got he got stage five cancer suddenly out of nowhere and he was oh wow it's sad it was just, it was it was perilous of course once we found out we knew there wasn't much time and he held on for a year Um, and we went and did one last mural project over there with him just before he died and that was poignant for us uh, of course because 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 of that that happening and we became really close with his mum and dad and his uh, wife and and all that all the friends there and then we went back about nine months later. And we did a piece right next to his dad's office. And it had him in it. It was him sort of giving a thumbs up at the center breastplate of a, yeah. of a giant space dog. And we had all the characters and that. But it was really, really poignant and special to know that his spirit still lived on in that area where he was credited with bringing art to the area. He brought in Fail, He brought in Vils, He brought in all yeah. sorts of different artists and did shows and stuff to a to a a sleepy town even though it was on the outskirts of cincinnati it was sleepy you know everything that was happening was in in downtown cincinnati and his dad had his office just a block down and his dad would take his grandson who was mike's son who was only like i know nine months to a year when he passed and say that's your daddy up there and just really, really special nice. when, it, yeah. when it comes in like that, mm. and still to this day, we're friends with the family and friends with the whole town. There, we, we go there, and we always have a, the, the mayor came out and gave us a, a day. It was like she declared September 20th every year, London Police Day. And <laughs> it. And we got this like funny, sort of, really. yeah, we got like a, a <laughs> what is it called? What's that certificate? I don't know what is it called, it a, called a, a proclamation, a proclamation, like, like um. Yeah. Groundhog day. No, it was great. And it's things like that, you know, that goes beyond the mural. Yeah. And actually what was so special about that mural was that when we did it, we did it in conjunction with what were they called? They were, they were, they grew plants and flowers and, and veg vegetative stuff living on wall. living walls or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So at the beginning we just did sort of a, a green um floor on this piece. That was going to become vegetation. So now it's got all like flowers and bushes growing out of and it, and it and interacts with our piece as well. And, and that, that's fantastic as well. So that piece lives on yeah. and the memory of him lives on. And,
1: and was there colour in that piece other than the floor? Loads of colour. Yeah, if you wanted brilliant. to look at
2: it, you'd, uh, yeah. you'd Google um, Covington, C O V I N G T O N, Covington, Kentucky, London Police Mural and you should pop up. It's a giant space dog, all the lads coming out of him.
1: Oh, are they numbered like one to ten? Yeah. are. I know the one. I know yeah. the
2: one. <laughs> you see, if you look closely, Mike's in there. Like giving oh, the okay. I think another one uh, that was fun was the Miami Dolphin Stadium. That was quite special. Yeah. Yeah, there was a true uh, Goldman Global Arts who were who in charge of like, the Windward Walls over in Miami, which has become like a sort of an epicentre of murals and different yeah. artists. So they, they got a job to bring artists into the, the Hard Rock Stadium where the Miami Dolphins play. And th- that was just epic to, to be in that surrounding. Like, uh, we we painted there over Thanksgiving one day. So there was, it would be dead in there, completely quiet, but you could go and sit in the stadium yeah. and be there the whole time. And by the end of that project, we we went to a game and uh, my brother is a big uh, American football fan. And we ended up hanging out with Dan Marino, like the, 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 the Miami Dolphins legend. And like just being in these... Like we said earlier, like it just takes you to some funny places. Like the artwork yeah. takes you all around the world, takes Brilliant. you into into Debbie Moore's house or into Miami Dolphin Stadium or in the street, meeting people from the street. We're trying yeah. to get out. I take you everywhere. And if you allow it to, you can really take a lot from all of these different experiences, both high and low, and, and look at yourself and say, you know, I'm approaching 50, I'm 47. Bob's a, a whippersnapper at 45. 44. Well, wow. but we've had, this, we've, <laughs> we've had this great, we've had this great life. We've had this great, um, you know, soap opera that, you know, before us, all due to the fact that we wanted to draw and, you know, make things on the street and make paintings Brilliant. and, you know, and, and it really has been a, a huge adventure and one that doesn't feel like it's stopping yeah. anytime soon. I mean, we're not the biggest or the greatest artists out there, but we know our place on the food chain. We uh, love what we do. makes us happy every day we come to work. We get afforded, well, before the pandemic, we got afforded the chance to travel around the world all the time, like we said. So mm. you won't hear any complaints from us, but um,
1: we're still ambitious. Superb. Still- You've mentioned a few other artists there. If there was you and five other artists, past and present, what would your ideal group show be? Mm. one. A, a lot of the artists
2: that we really enjoy come about because you end up being friends with them. Yeah. And so the, there's something about meeting someone, becoming close and friends over so many years that makes you have an affinity to their artwork as well. Because when you see it, you see them. Yeah, it's just an extension of
1: their personality, isn't it?
2: Yeah, like one my, of my, my best friends is Gallo. He's not the, uh, the, the biggest artist in the world and he never pertains to be or, or really t- tries to be. He just does his artwork his way. And sometimes people can think they're quite aggressive, characters, faces, whatever. But when I see them, I see Gallo, I see 20 years of good times. He's one of the funniest, most warming people you'll ever meet. So I can't look at that without feeling a sense of oh, me, I'd have him really in any group show. Yeah, of any course. Group. but then you've got the ones that you don't know who you admire, you obviously you know aspire to and you'd have them in the show for that reason. And then there's the ones you can't ignore, like all the the all the the greats. And usually there's a reason why they're the greats because they've they are good. They've done things a lot. They're, they're
1: great. Know. That's it.
2: Yeah, that is it? You can't. You can't. You can't deny it. You know. At the end of the day, you know, it's uh, it's always objective, isn't it? Oh, yeah, you course. never know who's going to like. So we like drawing for us first and foremost, but the fact that we've got seemingly thousands of people who like to follow us and buy our artwork and you know write to us. I and mean, today we opened up a a package from a, a friend. She's a, a girl from Austria. We've been in touch for years. She has a, a, a lot of um, illnesses and looks like she's suffering quite a lot. And she's been a huge inspiration for me because she always keeps a, a brave face and keeps going. And I always send the T-shirts. And, I, and today she sent us two artworks. Nice. You know, and, and, it, and it was great. It was amazing, you amazing. Know, the effects you can have on, on many people or one person. That's why you do it.
1: Yeah.
2: It's that we saw what's been going on. With, I'm sure you're aware of the Background Bob project.
1: Yeah, brilliant. I was, I was the in the first one.
2: Brilliant. Yeah, and it's, it, it, it's pretty, you can see how many artists are just like more than happy to get involved with that, because it, it says everything, it's, it's just wonderful, it warms the, warms the cockles, yeah. doesn't it, and everyone can get involved, and uh, it just it's just inspiring, things like that, and it just keeps growing, you know, yeah. a lot of these things come along, and you do them, and they, you know, the show goes off, and X amount of money's made for charity, and everyone's happy, and whatever, this one's going on, they're getting some proper artists in there as well. <laughs> just, like, amongst, like, me and Bob. You know? <laughs> they got like some it's just getting better and better, isn't yeah. it? And it just keeps going. So you know, long, long may that continue with background brown ball. So I'd have him in the show as well. Yeah. My best friend Gallo. I'd have I'd have uh, Wayne Horse in the show. He's a German guy living in Amsterdam. But we've kind of like come up together, like and he had he had a kind of a as, more than anyone else I know in Amsterdam, he had this like passion and he, he was very dedicated to his art, very serious about his art. And what's beautiful to see is like, through his persistence and perseverance, now he's getting like, internationally recognized. And you look at his work and he's absolutely gobsmackingly good. And I think I'm so happy to see someone I know just yeah. battle on and battle on and battle on. He's, he he's, his guns, he's making he? a real success of his life and of his artwork, And also, that's, that's beautiful to see, you know, when someone just sticks at it and sticks at it and and, and through knowing him, if you saw his artwork today without knowing his backstory, you'd see, oh man, the guy can paint, yeah, the guy yeah, can draw, yeah. very impressive. But we, if you know where he's come from and what he's had to persevere, that that also makes the story quite poignant when you know some, where someone's come from. Yeah. It's yeah, like, I think, I think it's, it's difficult to separate the art from the person. I think. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Cream rises to the top, doesn't the it? Cream exactly. rises. So you can't the, stop it. Yeah. Uh, no. It will naturally happen. So if someone's, good, sometimes you see these young mm. kids coming through, of which there are millions, aren't they? Mm. And you say to yourself, well, they say it was, what should I do? What should I do? And you say, keep true to what you're doing, keep enjoying it, and keep working on it, and mm. watch the cream rise as a service if yeah. you if, if you deserve it, and don't think that you're doing something wrong if. If, if you don't get where you want to get, just keep, you know, mm. it, it will come. It will come if you do it the right way. Br- bring it back to our work practices. Uh, what we try to do now is try every piece that comes out of the studio, we try and make it the best piece because we realize there's no point trying to bang out as much work as possible. It's about the quality, it's about each time making it better than the last. And I think because invariably that, that will lead to the same. Yeah, yeah because yeah. that will be. be like Chaz mentioned, like he's pushing on fifty, I'm pushing on forty-five or whatever. You realise that if you if you see yourself in in the context when we're when we're all dead and gone, you want to leave behind some quality, exactly. Um, and you know, and okay. you
1: evolve quicker that way as well.
2: Yeah, and also it keeps you fresh. It keeps you motivated and hungry. There's nothing worse than being complacent about our oh, we you know our work is selling. Therefore, let's keep it the same. I think. It's very healthy you, to yeah. always aspire to be better than your last piece, and to push that, and to put the hours in, and to to, to keep dedicated and focused. And because, uh, like you know, it does. I think you, that shows, and that 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 creates waves. Yeah, I think it's also about learning to balance what people say about your work and not let it affect you. Still take it in. It's always worth hearing what anyone thinks and any angle. But you have to not care what anyone else thinks and do it yeah. your way. Me and Bob, you know, we, we stick together and we talk about it. His opinion counts, of course, and my opinion counts to him. And we have several people around us. And uh, I won't lie to you. You, you. You'll see what's written online sometimes and what people say about you. And, you know, you got to consider it. But I don't mind if someone turns and says, this is, a, this is absolute bullshit. I hate this artwork. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. It's important that they have an opinion. If you only worry about... People telling you know blowing smoke up your ass and telling you you're you you're, you're, you're pander to 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 you know those sort of things. Yeah, but you've got to be just strong and say, look, it doesn't matter. People love it, hate it, everything in between, but do we like it? And if we like it, we we can't put out something better. Do you know what
1: I mean? No, right, no we all like the same thing in boring world wouldn't it yeah.
2: weird how it is though just like human nature you could have hundred comments on your piece and, and the one or two that are negative but, oh, what's he saying well, I mean, yeah. in the early days you, you did pick up on that a little bit yeah, you just got to learn to like you said see it for what well, it I've is
1: got, I've got a few <laughs> friends who are comedians and they say that you know like they can see all the crowd laughing but if there's one person sat there who's not laughing, okay. they just focus on that person to try to make that one person laugh because that's the one that's affecting them. The, what do you reckon you should do if you weren't artists? I'd hate to think what Bob. <laughs> <everybody is>. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was yes. nodding with a smile I on love, his face. I I'm love, not I sure love. I want to hear the answer. <laughs> uh,
2: Chaz mentioned it earlier. We worked in music a lot when we were younger, and I, I still do. I, 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 I like, I'm a musician when I'm not uh, painting. So I love, I love to. I also, I also love um, carpentry, and I love bicycles. But um, oh, you're all
1: right in Amsterdam with bicycles. Aren't that's I? right.
2: Well, I, I don't know. I'm curious to see what Chad's What you said, you'd be, you wouldn't do. What would you do? Well, I would have. I, I aspire to be a football player.
0: Growing <laughs> up, one of my biggest
2: loves is West Ham, and that's kind of my biggest thing I care about really much more than art. Um, music as well, I would have loved to have been on there. I was on the stage for five years in the early years. I was in a band in, in Essex, uh, and that was one of the great times of my life before I moved into the music industry selling selling T-shirts. But yeah, I would have loved to have been a you know a successful musician. Never really wanted to be what I've become, but I really appreciate you know the art world and what, what it's given me. S- singers as well. I mean, uh, me and Bob still, we sing a lot of, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen our, our dog songs or... So totally. like documentary, well, in our spare time, we have these alter egos and they sing songs about dogs. This is really? partly partly to blame is the fact that you're in the studio so much together in each other's company. But we can drop a dog song for you right now. If you fancy, if you fancy <laughs> hearing a dog in the sun, God. we can do it. Bobby, well, you got this? Yeah, what key do I'm doing? Any key you like, really. Just uh, just can you just <coughs> give me a, 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 a. There's a there's a dog in the sun. No, it's a too, high too high. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a, well, This is called There's a Dog in the Sun. Go on. It hadn't worked out there already. There's this a Dog in the Sun. Boom. 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 boom, boom he's got boom. a massive face. Boom, boom, boom. boom. Dog in the Sun. Boom. 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 boom he's got a boom, massive face. Boom. 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 Dog in the Sun with a fucking massive face. Boom. <laughs> boom. Dog, dog in the Sun.
1: With
2: a fucking massive face, boom, boom 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 boom. There's a dog in the rain, boom, 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 boom He's got a massive face, boom boom. Dog in the rain, boom boom. boom. boom he's got a massive face, boom Dog in the rain. With a fucking massive face, boom boom. Dog in the rain. With a fucking massive face, boom boom. And then you can, keep the, you can keep changing the weather system dog in the wind dog in the you know the snow and yeah. we started writing these songs and singing them a lot and we both like singing so we're putting in all the harmonies and that and we've got about 40. you wouldn't believe I would imagine. Those. so if you go on youtube and you you if you google documentary like the word documentary but with a g for dog and the london police you can see um Corey Helford gallery in la they it was a few, a few quid and said go and make this film about dogs <laughs> a whole of dogs in LA so you've got us all dressed up singing these songs in the streets in Rome in Italy it was a weird but fun thing to do but that would give you an insight
1: into the, the whole world of the London police dog Excellent. singing talking of dogs when I was talking to Paul my dog size yeah and I said like I'd had you on my list for a while to do a podcast with he said, are you going to do it over Zoom or in person? I said, probably over Zoom. You know, I knew you weren't over here. And he went, if you do it in person, don't go out for a drink with Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Why is that? Yeah. He, said, he said, I've done it. And it's, it's, not a, it's not a good thing. It can never end, yeah. end happily, you know.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, uh, I've, I've forged a bit of a reputation for uh, going out and partying. And uh, I don't mind, uh, you know, uh, having a drink and getting involved and taking an night <laughs> on i Can I say? just say I'm the complete opposite. Yeah. I mean, oh, that's yeah? probably why it works quite Come well. Involved, mate. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be texting me. Going, Come on. Yeah,
1: Amsterdam's not the place to be out and a bit wild, is it? Because it will accommodate you all day long, won't it?
2: Yeah, you can get you can get uh, swallowed up here. That's for sure. It's a uh, constant party in the in the town. But Bobby was saying, oh, I can't remember what I was going to say now. I've, I've,
1: I'm with you, Bob. To tell you the truth, I'm. Uh, I'm one for walking away from a night out, really. We do. I, think,
2: I think it's in people's DNA. I just can't deal with it. I can't deal with the pain the next day. But, yeah, Chaz has got bounce-back ability, and everyone I ever come across who knows him will like, say, oh, fucking hell, I went out with him, and I i was in bed for four days <laughs> i lost my eyesight one of our good friends logan hicks uh, he's a brilliant stencil artist logan hicks from uh, new york on a number of occasions over a few years we'd all hung out we destroyed him like several times and uh we'd, we were at this event again and i was like going towards the bar and i saw him in the hotel we were in the same hotel i said logan logan we're gonna to go to the bar, want to, you wanna come? Just go looks, he goes, hmm.
0: No, I'm filing
2: for it. Not doing it. Yeah. just gonna have it. he goes, not filing for it. And and what you what you realise it actually is detrimental to going out with your mates because they don't want to go out with you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> what have you guys got coming up? Certainly plenty of work here in the studio. Good. Certainly we're, 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 we're We might have a job in in America in a couple of weeks' time, we're, just, we're trying to work on that. And twin that with Art Basil, but that's that's not it's not absolutely confirmed yet and we had loads lined up we had a show in Tokyo that's been put off every year for the past couple of years now but we're so grateful we're in dating with commissions and, and galleries who want to take our work yeah and we've, we're working on um releasing our first animation in a couple of weeks time yeah we've been working on it for, on it for a year for, for actually Perfect. two or three years but like all these things we've what we what we lucked out on here is we collaborated with this animation company in Amsterdam who showed interest in wanting to work with us and oh they've been amazing so they have all the they have all their expertise and uh you know through working with them over the last two or three years like I said we've got what is the first of hopefully many um animation little mini animation series so that's cool.
1: and it sits perfectly You've mm. got the you've got the backdrop of one artist and the figure of another. Beautiful.
2: Yeah. So that's 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 going to be really interesting to see how that works that's out. Yeah. yeah. And then we've got a twenty-five year anniversary. Will be in twenty twenty-three. That's funny. Nice. That they're calling me now. The animation people. Isn't that funny? <laughs> they, probably, they probably want to go out with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The twenty-fifth anniversary. So that's twenty twenty-three. And again, if you consider that we will have been doing this 25 years and all the all the different places we've been and the stories and the fun we've had and the highs and the lows, that's worthy of trying to put a, a, a retrospective um, show together and then bring out a book, as anyone who, who gets involved with that stuff knows, that takes a lot of work, work and a lot of planning, so we'd, we'd be best to get started with that early next year if we're yeah. going to try and present it in sort of September 2023, you know, 25 years of London Police. And again, you know, you can have people who don't care too much for what you do and people who like it, people who dislike it, but you can't argue with 25 years. If you've no, got that far, of you have to accept that you're doing something right in yeah. some corner, to, you know, to achieve that success.
1: Sorry, where would the retrospective be? Would it be uh, UK or, or Amsterdam or travelling? Amsterdam with a view
2: to carry it around a few different places, but I'm not sure we're big enough to be out of command, you know, um, museum spots around the world or you know but certainly it would be it would be as much for us as anything anyone else to set it up in Amsterdam I think where yeah that's right London really first started and got off it's you know got going um to, to hire a space out here because you'd have all you'd have all the little sketches from the early days you've got the flyers nice. spanning like over 20 years you've got all the beer mats we used to pay and you've got Obviously, all the paintings that we've made, all the projects that we've made, the photos that we've made, the stories that we've made, the products that we've made. Like, there's such a, it's such a fascinating journey because we're sort of like a mid level artist, you know. It's like we, we went to Shepherd Fairy's 20 uh, year one back before, didn't we? I think I was at the 30th one too. He's mm. a good friend of ours. And, you know, it's fascinating to see all the bits. He had like a little um, letter from Obama because we did that whole hope campaign, didn't yeah, it? Like,
1: yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. In, in the glass and stuff, and all the different posters and the history. And, you know, it, it's, it's fun to see the, the, the life of anyone who's been on a, a journey like that, an artist. Like, whenever you see a, a movie about someone's life or a documentary about a, a footballer or a pop star or anything, it's, it's fascinating, the stories. You find out find all the little things like, oh, they were one step away from giving up or ending it all or trying to have a job or something like that and then something happens, a little twist of fate or a little detail and it sends them on a different direction in in life and that. So, you know, like I said, to to produce a book that shows 25 years of London Police, we we have never done it. And uh, it would would be as much for us
1: as, you know, anyone who's interested to, to see the journey. I mean, you've both said that London Police as a collaborative group, if you like, has evolved over the years. Has the lad evolved any, or have you, have you been able to keep him tight as he was 22 years ago?
2: Just a couple of years ago, suddenly they started growing hair as my hair grew. And now they had dread dreadland as well as the lad. And that all I'd came about. Then, yeah. Well, that all came about from um, Bob Marley's brother, Richard Booker. He was a, a fan of our artwork and he was a friend of a friend. And we got invited over to Jamaica so the next thing you know, I'm in Bob Marley's house with his brother, yeah. and he's just saying, "Where do you want to draw?" And I am think, "You kidding me?" <laughs> you know, I've got, I've got the, the, you know, good, you know, god, uh, Bob Marley, God bless him, like buried over here. Got the whole house where he grew up, and the, you know, the little, and they're letting me draw in the house. I was absolutely, oh my god, this is like unbelievable. And and that's when I thought, well, how can I change the lad in the simplest way to you know parts part of like the Bob Marley house. And of course you had the, the dreads, of course. The point, which were, had already come about to a different character, the, the the laws that had the long hair. So although it was the tiniest, smallest evolution, it was an evolution. And now the dread lads feature a lot in, 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 my work sort of thing. So nice. I bet you could judge the evolution of my character better when I'm dead and you see it from the beginning to the end, <laughs> as opposed to going year to year, because then it will be, uh, yeah, it wouldn't look as, in, as impressive. maybe. Yeah.
1: Finally, where can anyone see your work, be it website or social media? Oh, just we concentrate on Instagram.
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> on, on Instagram, just the, the London Police. Uh, it's, we, uh, we put much, I think it's a really good medium for artists, isn't it? Yeah. Instagram, very visual medium, allows us to sort of, Put our films on there and our, you know, our artwork on. That's been really good for us. And yeah, it's fantastic. It took over from the whole idea of the website. The early oh, two thousands, the two thousands. It was all about getting your website going. Mm. And that was hard to keep going and keep, uh, you know, updating mm. and making it interesting yeah. for people to to navigate through. One Excellent. word.
1: Mm. Well, well, that's all my questions asked, guys. Well, <laughs> yes, <sorry. laughs> Thank you very much for your time. I really do appreciate it. And I know, really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed
2: talking to you and getting to know you as well. It's been awesome. One more thing, Gary. Go on. Come over to Amsterdam, son, and I'll take you out.
1: When you are over here, I'll meet up with Bob and we'll go and have a, a coffee somewhere. Right. <laughs> Let's go
2: down to the West Ham training ground at Chadwell Heath. That's what we do. i take a little flask of tequila. There you go. And we'll, yeah. and we'll get down there so we can meet the boys. They're doing really <laughs> well at the moment. So I've been in West Ham family whole life. It's just been tragic.
1: They're doing all right life.
2: now though, aren't they? It's great, happy days. And now even Bob starts supporting them again. Oh yeah. Wow. yeah all right then, go.
1: guys. I'll let you get back on with your day. Thank you so much for the time. Thank we you, Gary. I really do appreciate it. Thanks, Gary. All, right, all the Bob best. See you, See you, later, mate. See you, See you later, later, mate. All the best. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye. Well, hope you enjoyed that episode of the Ministry of Arts podcast. If you're unable to support us on Patreon leaving a review on whichever platform you listen to this podcast really does help us get noticed and anyone else looking for an art podcast or even giving us a positive shout out on your social media. Anything is appreciated, but either way, thanks for listening and until next week, sad